What's up, everybody? This is Kenzie from A Girl, A Bay, and A Gray on Instagram, and you're listening to the Stir Up Conversations podcast. As the equestrian industry continues to evolve, more questions are being raised and more focus is being placed on the welfare of our equine athletes. I'm sitting down to discuss this progression, celebrate our accomplishments, form a tighter community, and hear from people in the industry on how we can continue to better ourselves and our horses. everybody welcome back to the second episode of the stir up conversations podcast today we are going to be sitting down with ashley callahan who is a fellow equestrian as well as a trainer and talk about some things that are very near and dear to her heart i am super excited to do this and i hope you guys enjoy it as much as i did recording it Before we jump into this, I just wanted to remind you to go ahead and hit that follow button as well as smash the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And let's just hop right into this. Hey, how is it going? Hi, really good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be doing this. Me too. This is going to be amazing. Oh, so excited. Okay, so let's jump into it. Um, I wanted to start off and kind of have you share your story with everyone, just so obviously they have a background of where you're speaking from. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, would you like me to get started? Like how I what am with horses, how I got into horses and all that stuff. And yes. Go from there. Okay. Yes. So I grew up around horses my entire life. My sister rode them and my mother sat. I always knew that I wanted to be one of those horse girls that would rather be around horses than people. I started lessons at three and 20 years later, I still am riding. Um, My activism started when I was 15 and I heard about human trafficking, which led me into sexual assault. I became addicted to learning more about human trafficking, and with that came the topics topics of sexual assault, the Me Too movement, and honestly, so much more. As I grow older, and as I myself have had trauma with sexual assault, the more I want to educate myself and help others. Sounds so, absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's, that's my story around horses and then the activism. Awesome. So, you said you yourself have obviously gone through sexual assault which is why you're so passionate about it yes that is true okay do you feel comfortable sharing that with people or yeah so my instagram page my facebook um the people that i surround myself with daily i talk about it continuously um just to help them know that they can talk to me um that they are safe um to tell their story around me. Um, I love talking about it. I love giving um, facts, sources, statistics about it in hopes that more people can start talking about it. So do you want to kind of just start with uh, going through your story and then you said you had statistics? Yes. um, So my story started when I was 10. I would get on the internet and I would get unsolicited pictures from older men that I didn't know. Um, People that I worked with and people I went to school with would 
say inappropriate things, um, harass me in different ways. And then when I was 14 or 15, um, I was working at a facility. I worked there, I rode there, I showed, and there was this creepy manager who uh, would groom all the young writers. He took a liking to me for a few months. Um, He even got my number. I was very naive to the entire thing because my parents never taught me like stranger danger or any of that. And so one time I was taking a horseback to uh, the stall um, after working him. And basically I got molested in the stall. I told the trainer, I told the barn owner, I told my parents, I told my boyfriend at the time. And they told me basically just to deal with it. So I left the facility um, and got to a new facility where I met my old horse, Rafa. Um, and then in 2019, I met this guy. We dated for a little bit and he raped me in his bedroom. And I think that was when it really, really started just that true activism. like. Puck, this happened to me. How many more are affected by this? And what can I do to help? So I started writing books. I started talking to more people. Um, I got stories and I started writing this book about survivors who have been sexually assaulted. I had to stop that book because reading, I got maybe over 200 stories and reading them was just so draining and I loved knowing that people could come to me and people felt comfortable sharing their stories but it just got so much so now I'm on the road just educating people about statistics um, telling people about RAIN um, the, it's spelled R-A-I-N-N um, what they do it's a nonprofit organization that helps people who have been sexually assaulted um, and get statistics, and uh, I'm just been trying to really help people go down a road that they can feel comfortable speaking. Um, so, some statistics: example, every six sixty-eight seconds, an American uh, citizen is sexually assaulted. Out of um, thousands of Americans who actually tell like the police or um, any of those things along that line uh, only 25 out of a thousand rapists will be put up in prison um, one in four women are raped one in uh, I believe six men are raped um, and it's just insane how every 68 sex- seconds someone is assaulted sexually somehow and no one talks about it no one really brings awareness to it everyone just ignores it um it's just exhausting just knowing that no one is listening to us yeah wow i just got chills while you're (laughs) saying those statistics so for everyone listening to put that in perspective the entire seven minutes that we've been talking that means seven people have been sexually assaulted which is insane yeah that breaks my heart wow this wow okay so obviously 
you have found a way to one live with this and two from my perspective from getting to see your posts from talking to you literally every day for the past few months you've really you've really come through this and in my opinion i think probably for the better um what are some of those things that really helped you heal horses Love that. Uh, horses have honestly been my safe space since i was a child my, i mean my father would take me to the barn to escape like the abuse that was happening within my home and i soon learned that they were my safety net um i could disappear for hours and forget what was happening not only as a child, but what was happening when all the sexual assault from my teenage years were happening. And I couldn't do it without horses or without working out or without poetry or writing. Writing has been such a huge help that I started actually writing a book, um, a fictional book about a girl who has been raped and is trying to learn how to heal from that and it's just been an amazing just seeing where I've gone from being raped to where I am now um yeah, I wish that's... I was never I wish I was never raped no one wished of course yeah I wish that things were different I wish that I didn't have to feel the things that I felt for so long but I feel that now that I've completely healed that's been three years I feel like I can truly help more people that's absolutely amazing. So this book, I, you know, I am a huge fan of anything that's written, anything like I read everything. So have you published any of these? Are they in the works? Like what's going on with that? They're in the works. Okay. So just like the uh, previous book that I wrote during COVID of uh, the survivor stories, I had to take a little break after I made the rape scene because it just brought up so many memories. Now, um, fully back to writing um, the book. Um, I've been starting some poetry. I posted on my social medias. I'm not exactly sure how the publishing is going to go, but I'm fully confident that I'll finish this book, edit by myself, or hopefully get an editor and get that book published. So exciting. You will have to keep us up to date. I will. Amazing. Amazing. So let me ask you this. During your whole healing process, was your family involved? Were friends involved? You know, how did, how did that go down for you? Honestly, I, so after my rape, um, I didn't know I was raped until honestly, my husband, Tyler was like, Ashley, this might've happened to you. And so I sat down that same night we talked and I reflected on the night that it happened. And I remember afterwards how my body felt. I felt off. I had nightmares. The brain has this way of protecting you from such horrendous trauma that I mentally forgot, but my body physically did not, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when all the pieces came back together, I had the realization like yes he did rape me so I sat my parents down like this is what happened 
And my parents and my family were no support. They basically told me that I have the devil in me, that I need to go to church and uh, try to get that demon out and told me to stay silent, Um, which obviously I haven't been doing at all. Oh, Um, no. Rightfully so. Yeah. Instead, I had the support from my friends and my clients that I taught um, the clients' families. So there was one uh, client, uh, grandmother that I would talk to, and we had very similar stories. And I felt protected and I felt loved by her. Uh, They gave me a sense of peace that my parents and my family never brought to me. I had support within my husband's family. Like I said, Tyler, very supportive. He helped me through this entire journey, never pushed boundaries, always respected me. His mother is an OBGYN and she sat me down and she basically told me what happens to a person's body once it happens. And she gave me a hug. We had some wine and we cried about it. And I know that I can always go to his family. And the thing is, you're going to lose people. No, it sucks. It absolutely should not happen. You're going to lose friends who will side with that person. You're going to lose family by saying that this happened and they won't believe you. And the main way to get support is by knowing who to trust, by circling, circling yourself around people who actually care for you and finding support groups, whether that be a, like face-to-face support groups or even Facebook support groups. Love that. Love that. So there are Facebook, you know, there's resources, Facebook groups, stuff like that out there for people who are needing that extra support or who need just support, period, because there is no other other yeah. support available to them. Yes. Thankfully, Facebook has helped me a lot. That's how I met some of my good friends who had similar situations and stories. And it just helped knowing that there were other people who you could talk to who sadly understood what it feels like and how to heal from, from what happened. Right. I mean, obviously not amazing that they're going through that, but amazing that there is a community out there who's so supportive. Yes. Um, my next question, what is something in your opinion that most people mis- under, misunderstand about sexual assault? So when it comes to the equestrian community, because that's my main focus is always... Right helping equestrians who have been sexually assaulted. I feel like in our community, we're not that supportive, horse and non-horse related, whether that be uh, riding or whether that be outside of riding. I feel like there is a lot of silence within within our community when it comes to sexual assault. Every other sport will have statistics on sexual assault within itself, but I have yet to see one in our community. And why is that? Why can't we discuss what happens within our community when it comes to this? Why can't we strive to help our fellow horse riders? There are a lot of misconceptions about sexual assault outside of the equestrian community, i.e. being, what did that person wear? What were they drinking? What, how did they put themselves in that situation? When instead of blaming the perpetrator, the rapist, the sexual assaulter, they blame the victim. And I feel like we need to shift our mindset to 
what was that person wearing? What was that person doing? To why did that person feel the need to rape someone else? And that is the biggest misconception. That is the biggest problem that we as survivors face on a daily is being blamed for the actions of someone else. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's... I think, honestly, you know, I think... In, in specifically in the equestrian community, there is such a, you know, we fall off the horse, right? And we get right back on and you break an arm and you are, you, you ride one handed, you know what I mean? Like there is such a mindset of just getting right back on and just working through the pain. And I feel like that's almost become toxic to a point where, you know, mental health is really looked down on in the equestrian community. Um, just anything, any any kind of vulnerability is just, you know, pull up the bootstraps and keep going. Like that is, that's what we're taught from day one, you fall off the horse. And I feel like that mentality permeates into everything else. I don't know if that makes sense, but I know for me personally, I catch myself doing that. Oh, most definitely. It's just honestly terrible how we push and push and push, but we forget that we're also humans who have emotions, who feel, who have gone through terrible situations. And the equestrian community is meant for people to come together and to have that love for horses and to support each other and I found more support outside of the equestrian community than I do within the community, if that makes sense. And that's horrifically sad because we spend so much of our time with our horses, with other equestrians, and there's little to no support. Yes, exactly. It's just, it can be very toxic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So all that being said, what, and I feel like you've kind of hit on this, but like, just break it down a little bit further. What, what inspires you to do this, to do horses, to do the activism? You know, what is your, what is your end goal behind this? I guess my end goal is to break the barrier of silence. It's to allow other survivors I don't like using the word victim so I always try to use survivors because yeah. we did survive this is to give them a voice when there's a whole world out there that's trying to silence us because a lot of perpetrators are very powerful or are very light of course there's going to be ones that aren't light that are just deemed bad already but there are perpetrators that deem are shown to be good but they're not mm-hmm. there's just no trust there's no belief system for us it's always blame and I want to fight that with everything that I have to make us be believed and to make us heard and that is always going to be my main goal is even when people try to silence me, I'm not going to stay silent. No matter how many people are going to doubt the book that I'm going to write, I'm still going to publish it. I'm still going to try and help people. I want to leave this earth 
having the sense that I've done something, even if it's small, even if it's not like gigantic, I still want to leave a memory that I did something to help other people. Love that. Love that. I keep saying that, but I just, I love it all. Like, (laughs) so good. Um, Okay. So in your opinion, going through all of this, what is the most important personality trait or strength you can say someone would really need to overcome this kind of trauma? Courage and patience. Honestly, it takes so much courage to open up to people, to relive what happened to you by sharing and to heal from something so evil and so horrendous. It takes courage to wake up and make it through another day. But once you have that courage to be like, yes, I can do this. It's just going to be a day by day. Wake up. Maybe I will have a good day. Maybe I'll have a bad day. But it's just knowing that you can get through this and that you have a huge support system to give you guidance, to give you love, to give you, to allow you to have your voice heard. I guess that's the biggest thing is you need to feel comfortable to share your story. And in order to do that, you have to have a support system. Totally makes sense. What is one piece of advice you would give to someone through this right now? It's, it's okay to be broken. It's okay to be absent. It's okay to not be okay. You just have to take it day by day. Some days you'll have amazing days. Some days you're going to have really bad days. Some days you're going to have okay days. It's going to be a roller coaster of emotions. It's not about, it's not pushing yourself to heal, but allowing you to heal at your own time. Go to a therapist if you want. Talk to someone if you feel like you can trust them. Write a book. Go see your friends. There are so amazing things that you can do to heal. Of course, it's not going to be easy. The nightmares might happen. The questions of, did it happen or am I making this up, will happen. You might suffer from PTSD, anxiety, and depression. It's all about learning what's the best route to heal and the healthiest way possible. Love that. What is, you know, looking back, what is one question you wish somebody would have asked you and how would you have answered that? Of course, my husband did amazing things and helped me. So I'm not going to point this to him. Um, because he did all these things. But I wish someone outside of that marital boyfriend-girlfriend situation, I wish that one of my friends would have sat me down and asked me, like, how I'm actually doing. I wish that they allowed me to grieve at my own time instead of being like, well, you just need to let this go. Just move on. Just It's in the past. Just heal already. I wish I could have shared my story to a friend and not been given advice like, well, you need to do this and this and this and this in order to heal. I wish that I they knew that not everybody wants advice when it comes to just simply telling someone your story. Yeah. Like, I just really wish that someone truly listened to me 
that wasn't just my totally totally makes sense this love this this has been such a good talk um i have so enjoyed this we definitely need to do this more sit down break things down i wanted to give you a chance to let everyone know like where can they find you online what are your (laughs) socials how can you know how can they connect with you after this you have so many socials but i'll just do instagram and my podcast um my account on instagram is one underscore i'd uh, underscore alara um that has a lot of my activism and my horse on it. So you can watch our training journey together. And then my podcast is Spiritual Equine Healing. And then my name is Callahan. So you can find me on Facebook as well using that name. Awesome. Awesome. Amazing. Um, we have to get you back on here to talk more about Alara. I really want to yes. break down her story and give you a chance to bring everyone to light i i want to sit down and talk about rescues specifically please oh my awesome. god awesome thank you so much for coming yes. on it's been so much fun and amazing information i think if you don't have chills listening to this and if you don't feel bothered then there is a first place to begin like what you doing sorry <laughs> exactly but yes exactly I honestly saying all this because it is so close to home yeah it's more people just need to take it more seriously 100 percent. well thank you for being so open and i cannot wait to uh, do this again yes me too all right thank you so much yes thank you kenzie have a good night you too bye